it was a realization is that I really faced facing the the trauma of business failure. Part of the reason I hadn't gone back because I hadn't dealt, hadn't addressed, and I hadn't like buried those that that business fell. Although I say I was wearing it with a badge of honor, it was still some trauma there, right? Yeah. And I had to overcome. I had to overcome that. My name is Khadija Lashan, and I am the Black guidance counselor that my community needs. I'm a strategic investor and CEO. I make money in my sleep and I teach others how to do the same. I share my knowledge, talents, and resources with others. So if you're in need of that motivation or courage to start following your own path, look no further. My intention is to share as much value with you all as possible and to show you that there are many different paths to happiness and many different paths to wealth. You just have to find the one that's right for you. Hello, everyone. My name is Khadija Lashan, and this is the Black Creator Podcast. Hold on, that's not how I do it. That's not how I do it. Hello, everyone. My name is Khadija Lashan, also known as your Black Guidance Counselor. I'm here to guide you to the resources that you need. Today, I have with me a very special guest. This is the Black Creator Podcast, by the way. It's been a minute since I've been recording. Please bear with me, guys. Um, but I have a special guest here today. His name is Reed, and he has actually business coached me during my journey. So I just wanted to share this resource, this person with you guys, because his story is a very powerful one. He is a powerful mentor and coach to others. He's also a high school teacher. Um, you teach history, right? Yeah, I primarily teach history, but I, I like to say I teach young folks to read, write, and make sense of the world. If I'm oh. doing that, I'm doing I'm doing an awesome job. Absolutely, absolutely. And I um I definitely want to delve more into that as well. But you're also an entrepreneur and a business coach. So we're going to go into all those things as well as the things that you've learned during your entrepreneurial journey. Before we get started, Reed, can you tell everybody who you are? And um, yeah, just tell us who you are. And then we're going to go into actually how we got in touch because that was a very interesting encounter there for me. Yeah. So again, as I mentioned, I'm a high school educator by day. And I side hustle for social good the rest of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I teach young folks to read, write, and make sense of the world. And I also I do that through teaching African-American history. And I'm also this year teaching a math and personal finance class, right? But that's that's my daytime job, right? Mm -hmm. my, my bigger my bigger mission is is my is my side hustle for social good, right? And so one of my I have three main sources of income that I generate through my side hustles. And one is through a short-term rental through as an Airbnb host. Mm -hmm. And I've been an Airbnb host for like over three years. I'm an Airbnb host ambassador. So I help other hosts become hosts. And I was also on the Airbnb host advisory board. So I advised Airbnb corporate uh, on policies, procedures, and feedback from, from a host perspective. Yeah. You were just telling me recently how you went to a, a conference in Atlanta for Airbnb. What yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, again, we, like because of COVID, we hadn't had an opportunity to convene. That was a host, uh, a host leadership summit. And so oh, I wow. met with other host leaders from around the country, primarily 
uh, this side of the Mississippi. And I also met with other host, uh, super host ambassadors and uh, just an opportunity to convene, uh, learn best practices, see other ways that we can support uh, other hosts, uh, particularly new hosts that are coming up in, in the game. And like you say, the segue to how we met yeah. was actually through Airbnb. The Airbnb, through Airbnb. And uh, you were one of my early uh, and faves uh, new hosts that was getting set up and getting started. Mm -hmm. I'm actually, again, my, I can tell them, I can tell them because I feel like from my point of view, it was kind of really natural how it flowed into business coaching. So mm -hmm. literally I, um, I was starting my own Airbnb, Airbnb, and it took me about two years to get started guys. Like it's not a simple process, but, um, basically when I finally put my listing up and I made it official, I published it. They connected me with an Airbnb host like a super host who could mentor me and tell me what to do to basically get my first booking so that's literally that was our first connection and then we started talking more and I was just explaining how like this is not just one of my bit like this is only one business that I do and how I've been in need of like mentorship and coaching and stuff like that that just somehow came into the conversation and then you were just like oh my gosh that's crazy because I'm a business coach you know it was just like perfect alignment and I feel like not only did you help me with my Airbnb, get my first listing, everything, like my first booking, you also helped me coach as far as getting my e-courses out there, as far as marketing myself, clarifying my mission with my business. And I just feel like the work that you do with that, like teaching the basics is very necessary because um, you can just, let me... Talk, let's talk through a little bit more about your history as an entrepreneur and the type yeah. of things that you've done. Yeah. Because yeah. So, I feel like that's mm -hmm. an interesting tale as well. Yeah, I like I like to tell folks that I'm 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 a real authentic teacherpreneur, right? So mm -hmm. prior to becoming an educator, I was an entrepreneur. And prior to becoming an entrepreneur, well, I was always an entrepreneur. Let's just put that out. When I was a teenager, like I sold newspapers. And on the streets, you know, just mm -hmm. part, partly out of survival or partly out of just like the, the hustle of living in inner city Philadelphia. But anyway, fast forward, I go to graduate school, I get my master's degree in business, right? Mm -hmm. And and while I was in graduate school, I went to the, uh, the Atlanta University, now it's Clark Atlanta University, the Graduate School of Business, where Du Bois talked about the talented 10th leading the way, right? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, when I was in graduate school, I'm like, I'm not going to be a corporate hack. I'm going to go, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to make impact, starting businesses, creating jobs and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but then when I assessed my situation, I assessed my social capital and I assessed my real capital and my age at that time, I didn't feel I was ready to level up in the kind of business that I wanted to really endeavor to take on. So I said, I need to do some incubating. So I was either going to work at a small company and learn the ropes find a mentor and go that way. Mm -hmm. Or I was going to uh, do something alternative, something different. Again, instead of uh, going the corporate route. Yeah. So I joined, I joined the Peace Corps and volunteered. I you told me that. That's how you met yeah. your wife, right? Yeah, I joined the Peace Corps and I got, I got placed in uh, Botswana, it's the country Botswana. And I, interestingly, I ended up kind of getting like Although I ran from corporate America, I kind of got a corporate Africa job in, in a sense. I was working as an investment officer 
for the Botswana Development Corporation, which they do commercial real estate development throughout the country, right? Mm -hmm. Medium, large scale projects in, in the Botswana context. Okay. So I, I, I've gained awesome experience, contacts, uh, opportunities, and fast forward after finishing my Peace Corps tour, which I actually did three years of service, the typical service is two years, I did three years of service. Mm -hmm. I, started, I started a company in Botswana called Logical Solutions. And we were a pre-nascent, you know, African.com company. In, in, in essence, we, we, did, we had computer services, training, and support uh, business to business primarily with a little bit of uh, consumer, consumer uh, retail services, right? Mm -hmm. We set up, we set up our business. We even had a, a distributorship to set up a CompuServe, right? That's like old, old internet days, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, but the problem that happened, our business was growing faster than the capital that was in place. Mm -hmm. And we ended up uh, in our fourth year, we ended up going bankrupt. Oh, man. Yeah. And so that was like, that was uh, a tremendous experience. Um, and partly, again, we didn't have venture capital infrastructure in Botswana at the time. Mm -hmm. Like maybe if I was running the business in the America with venture capital, we would have maybe been able to get some, some funders to, to back our growth. And honestly, also, to be honest, I should have listened to my wife's uh, sage advice. She was like, Sam, you're growing the company too fast. Y'all need to slow down. And, you know, we're young mm -hmm. and uh, not... Yeah, not wise <laughs> at that I time. Understand. And bam. So anyway, the business the business blew up. Uh, we went we went bankrupt. And then my wife, who's from Botswana, was like some you you have to return back home and start over, right? Yeah. And that was a, that was a tough pill to swallow. But she was right. And so I, our transition came back to uh, Philadelphia, came back to the states. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like reflecting. Okay, what am I going to do? And I was thinking about doing a PhD in business and go to go teach other business folks how to become entrepreneurs and from my experience. Mm -hmm. But then I thought long and hard about it. I'm like, what's going to be even more impactful? And I decided to become a, a public school educator and I, I particularly targeted teaching middle schoolers. Mm. So I, I got certified um, and became an educator in middle school because that's where like real transformation happens in the middle school grades. Yeah. So I, I taught middle school for like 16 years, but while I was teaching and particularly once I got my teaching uh, pedigree, pedigree, like intact, in you know, I was sound as a teacher. I'm like, I can't forget my entrepreneur background. So I started just doing some boutique consulting and coaching uh, just on a boutique kind of level, like, here and here small small clients yeah uh, yeah right but then the, the pandemic the pandemic happened and the racial unrest that was happening around the city and then particularly we lost one of our students where i taught i, I teach at a high school now mm -hmm. we lost one of our students to gun violence Man. and it 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 tore our community our school community apart and me personally like this young man when he was in my classroom the only time I could get them in, to engage because sometimes school is just boring. Just let's be real, right? Yeah. Especially for young young men and young people in general, right? But the only time I would get his head to come up is when I talk about money, finance, you know, and economics. Mm -hmm. When I talked about those topics, his head would shoot up. He would be taking some notes. 
like he was engaged. And I'm like, man, I need to do a program for young men and young people like him. And I don't need to necessarily do it in school. So I started incubating this Business 101 Side Hustle Accelerator program. Mm -hmm. I was also participating in the Arts and Business Council uh, Design Leadership uh, Incubator. And so while I was in that design thinking leadership incubator, I was designing this business one-on-one side hustle accelerator. Yeah. So I launched, I launched it uh, right, right at the, right at the peak of the pandemic. And what I did was I attracted young folks that I teach on the high school level and not mm -hmm. so young folks that I, that I support on the business level to uh, participate in this business accelerator where I give them like the basics of foundations of starting a business, coming up with their mission, coming up with their vision, and then moving into a, a concrete uh, smart action plan. Mm -hmm. And then they're able to like level up their businesses uh, and receive additional support and coaching accordingly, right? Absolutely. For the young people, the young folks that participate is free of charge. And if they finish their action plan, I offer them a $200 micro grant to help them get up, up and starting with their businesses. That's a and blessing. I, yeah. And I've been able to do that through a crowdfunding approach. Right. And so I reach out through my networks, through some corporate sponsors, through some grants. And so I'm able to fully fund young folks participating in my program. And there's no charge. There's no charge to uh, young folks at all. Okay. Not so young folks. There, there's, there's a little charge to keep the, to keep the, keep the, keep the uh, lights on, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you got to respect it. Yeah, and so... Because <laughs> you're providing uh, a service. You're providing something of value. So something of value needs to be returned. So I completely understand. Yeah, so that that's kind of like the, the the genesis of where I am now with my, with my side hustle. And I, I forgot to mention, during the pandemic also, I was one of, one of my... Uh, again, so to support my work with young folks, like, even if I didn't receive crowdfunding support, I was going to support it on my own mm. regardless, right? Because I believe in it. So that's where my Airbnb hustle comes in. Uh, and what happened during the pandemic, like, we lost a lot of business as, as short-term rental hosts. But Airbnb uh, leaned in with their hosts and created, like, these Facebook leader groups. Mm. They created the host advisory board. And I just had the opportunity to to like actively engage with Airbnb and they're pivoting, right? And so watching Airbnb pivot also helped me pivot. And accordingly, uh, it's been like an amazing uh, growth and opportunity. Mm. Yes, it has. Absolutely. And I feel like not only do you help people get their Airbnb, just that one side hustle, you can help with any side hustle, like any type of business structure. If you're uh, a, you have a restaurant, if you have a store, if you have a, a digital store, you know, like I feel like having certain fundamentals for your business in place and also hearing feedback from someone who has done it. And, you know, they have their own things that they can teach you on how to maneuver. Um, yeah, for, owning yeah, a business for sure. And for running sure. it, you know, so I, I feel like it's definitely a valuable a valuable thing and I got value from it. So that's why I'm I'm happy to share you with my audience. But okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. One, um, I want to know a couple of follow-up questions. So like for the when you were in Botswana and you started your business, were you still in the Peace Corps or did you did you move there officially and stay there now like that the Peace Corps was done? 
you know? Yeah, so, yeah, good question. No, so after I did uh, the Peace Corps for three years, and I served as a, as a, as a Peace Corps volunteer business, as a business uh, development officer. And what was that like, you know, like? Yeah, it was, it, it was cool. Like I said, I got, I was kind of doing the MBA stuff, but I was doing it in a, in a different context in Africa and Botswana okay. in a developing economy. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was, it was, it was super dope. Like my, my colleagues, they were working similar kinds of doing financial analysis and forecasting all that, but they were doing it in like this constrained corporate kind of structure, you know, corporate America in particular. And I would, I would receive like their complaints, like, man, this sucks, you know, corporate, America, you know, like their complaints. And on my side, I was like, well, I'm doing the same kind of work, but I'm not having that same complaint because it partly was the context was different. So that was, yeah. that was like, that was, uh, that was liberating for me. And then it was also like volume me as an African-American in Botswana connecting with other Africans, uh, helping, uh, you know, middle managers and, uh, boards, uh, of medium, small and large scale companies, like, with the resources and support and marketing research and forecasting and financial analysis that they needed to like level up their businesses. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was, it was, it was invaluable. Mm-hmm. And so after that experience, I, I like to say I was procreative in Botswana. Yeah. <laughs> so part of the procreation was like, I met this wonderful lady and you know, things happen. And, okay. 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 You got babies like, on the way. Yeah, we have we have a family, we start a business, and so mm-hmm. like all this procreation uh, happening, and it was it was it was an amazing amazing ride. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And like I I, I wear I wear the uh, the failure in my business like as a as a badge of honor, mm-hmm. right? Because in your failures, honestly, you learn the best, you learn yes. the most, right? You're right. And, and um, so that's 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 what happened there um, in the time in Botswana. It was it was great. In fact, I, I got I got a confession. Okay. This this is going to be a little bit deep. I have not been back to Botswana since twenty seven years ago. Mm-hmm. My wife she goes back often, and part of me was like. Sam, why are you not motivated to go back to Botswana? Because I let her go, like, not I let her go, but she goes, like, I don't let her go, but she, like, she goes when she wants to go, mm-hmm. and it's home for her, it's like, it, it's not home for me, as in a sense, like, it, like, it's home for her, like, literally, it's home for her, and I'm like, oh, go as long as you want, whenever you want, you know, I'll hold things down. Yeah. And I hadn't had, the, like, the desire and need to really, like, go so much. Mm-hmm. But this year, in December, I'm going back to Botswana. And what, you know what? It, it was a realization is that I really faced, facing the, the trauma of business failure. Part of the mm-hmm. reason I hadn't gone back because I hadn't dealt, hadn't addressed, and I hadn't like buried those, that, that business fail. Although I say I was wearing it with a badge of honor, it was still some trauma there, right? Yeah. And I had to overcome, I had to overcome that. And now I'm going back to Botswana. I'm excited. I'm not, I'm not shameful or fearful of the fact that like when I left, I had to le- leave with my, my hands between my knees. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm going back. Uh, I've, the experience that I gained from Botswana, the experience that I had as an educator, 
uh, it's going to be amazing. And in fact, my wife, she has a, a nonprofit organization in Botswana that our, our son, our middle son, is the caretaker for. Wow. And so we're, go we're going to, uh, you know, raise some more funds for that project and mm -hmm. just go there to support and just, just go back to visit. Because, again, I literally haven't been there in over 27 years. Wow. Wow. That's like a breakthrough for you, you know? Real, like, real, real breakthrough. Because honestly, if you think about trauma in itself, like we can say we're over trauma when we're not facing the trauma. But when you have to face the trauma, are you talk really over him. it? <laughs> you know? Talk, talk to him. So that, him, that, that's, that's, I'm forming some connections there. You're, that's, that's powerful. And I'm proud of you for, for taking that step, you know, because that's important and chuck your pride aside, you know, because you it's go. it's all humbling and it's all meant to happen for a reason because if you hadn't had that failure, you probably wouldn't have started this business now where you're helping people not go through the same things that you went through, like to plan ahead, you know? So I feel like that's important. That's powerful. No, very powerful. And between you and your wife, it just seems like both of you guys are very like giving people like you, you give more and you give, you give, and you give, regardless of if that's always going to return for you, because when you're mentoring these high school kids, that doesn't mean that, oh, you're going to get that $200 back. Like, no, you're doing this out of your kindness. Like I'll take my paycheck and pay you because I believe in this, you know, like that's passionate, you know? Yeah, no, we're, 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 we're super blessed. I like to tell folks that like, I want, I live, I live a life of abundance, right? Because mm -hmm. I want for nothing. And because I want for nothing, I have everything already. And Absolutely. so my, my goal is just to, to give, but again, by giving and lifting up folks, who, who am I also lifting up? I'm lifting up myself. Yes, right? you are. So it's, 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 it's super, super wonderful. Is that like a religious motivation or is that just an in internal intrinsic motivation? It, it, well, I grew up in, uh, with a praying and I, I love my mother, a praying and re religious mother. My wife is religious. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm more on the agnostic side uh, I got you. In, in living in living my life. But mm -hmm. there, there are these principles that guide you and like the fundamentals that 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 undergirded me as a child. I think they stay they stay with me. Um, and so, yeah, it's a it's a combination of again, again, all my religious experiences <laughs> and spiritual experiences. And then just like letting go and just being agnostic, but in that agnosticism, uh, I, I fundamentally have some 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 strong principles that, that undergird. That makes sense. And my mother says she's praying for me all the time. Okay, <laughs> that's good. That's good. All right, cool. We're gonna keep going into it, but um, I don't know if you noticed, like my hair has been dripping this whole time. No, I, I didn't. I just, I just, I just <laughs> hope it's not like showing up on the camera, like. A bunch of droplets just falling down everywhere. No, I, I, no, I, I didn't notice. Tail, I guess. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Um, this is a good segue. Um, uh, we were just talking about how uh, you give and you give and you give, and it lifts you up. And I kind of want to talk about that because um, I know that you are. You said you you're agnostic, but I know that you are a little spiritual, somewhat. Would you say? Um, yeah. Are there certain beliefs that you keep that um, motivate you on a day-to-day -day basis or even practices that you do, like be it meditation or whatever, that you yeah. feel like have helped you on your journey? Yeah, so 
believe it or not, I'm like, I'm big into mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And mindfulness is just like being aware and or letting go of what holds us back, right? And so I do with my students, a lot of these practices I do with my students, uh, we do uh, a, a Monday mindfulness practice where like we we just meditate focusing on sounds or sometimes we do mindful eating where you're just like conscious of like the savoring of a of a piece of chocolate right mm. <laughs> so like we do we do listen to bells uh you know there's some mantras that we may listen to that motivate us and so i'm i'm big into like mindful mindfulness mindfulness practice but in addition to that, I strongly believe like in the law of attraction and like as a person thinks, so be so be it. And so like if you're thinking positive thoughts, you're going to attract positive things. If you're thinking overwhelmingly negative things, then, you know, the, the negative things are going to follow you. And so uh, these are our proponents that I even slip into my coaching uh, with folks when they're when they're starting up their businesses that like. You're, you're going to have some setbacks, right? But if you if you focus only on the setback, then that setback is going to hold you down, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to be uh, be be mindful of of the thoughts that that you have and how they can uh, influence you know your actions, right? And so those 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 are those are some of, some of the ways in which I incorporate um, this mindfulness. And there's there's kind of like some Zenish kind of focus around some of my like not only readings but just like life practices and so um and again i i I grew up as 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 a christian but then when i started exploring other religions i explored you know buddhism i explored islam i explored all these different religions but then fundamentally i'm like all of them have good things to take from them and so like i'll just take the good things from them Mm -hmm. and you know that i can and then just like everything everything will work out in the wash (laughs) absolutely no I agree I completely agree because I feel like um I was actually talking to I drive Lyft you know so I have passengers all the time from like different places and this one guy he was from California he was like so surprised at our gas price numbers like he was like oh my gosh is that a three that was just you know like because he because over there I guess it's like six dollars or seven dollars for gas but um Basically, he was really trying to help me, like, and I respect it. Basically, he's is he practices Islam, um, he's Muslim, and he was just letting me know that I need to know certain things, or I should at least like delve into the word of the Quran and stuff, and just just at least learn, like, accept what you can from it, even if you don't agree with everything, just be open to it you know and I I really appreciated that because I know he was trying to look out for my soul you know like I know he was doing it because not because he feels like I'm a bad person but because he feels like you know everybody should be open to different ideas like don't think your way is the only way or your belief is the only belief that can be your belief if that makes sense so definitely yeah, so I definitely I I appreciate that and I agree with that 100%. So, um I guess one thing I want to know is that another thing about you is that you have been married to your wife for a long time, right? Like how long has it been? I think y'all just came up on an anniversary. 
No, the anniversary is coming up in April, but I like to okay. say we've been married for like uh, 30 years, seven months, uh, 10 days, and, you know, two, two, 22 hours, right? Wow. I, 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 I just, but no, we've, we've been married for over, over 30, over 30 years. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. Ride or die. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say what's something that, and I know she's not here right now, but what's something for you that has helped you keep your marriage strong and going and everything for anybody out there who uh, would like to have a marriage that they let stay together, you know, not just get together and yeah no uh so what 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 made our what's making our marriage strong is that the foundation that was built on right mm -hmm. so it wasn't built on any temporal like emotional like oh we're in love let's get married and change the world it was like no like marriage is it is it is it is an enterprise not in a business enterprise but it's something that you need to go in with your eyes wide open so we we before we became before we were married we were friends we were actually we met well while I was a peace and back back again when I was a Peace Corps volunteer her and she's from Kanye and in mm -hmm. Kanye that's where they had the training site for volunteers and I worked in Haboroni which was like the city which was like you know a two hour commute out of from her it's a it's a semi-urban they call it a village but it's like a semi-urban town okay and so we corresponded you know for like a year and then we courted for like two years mm -hmm. and then you know when we got married we went in with our eyes wide open like what are what are our strengths what are our weaknesses what do we bring to the table what can we uh what what are, what are we going to bring to the table and that's it's it's been like that ever since ever since right yeah um, and, and when things oh sorry go ahead my bad no when and when things and when things get tough uh we're both grounded enough that like we're we're, we're there for we're there for each other like what literally like i say when i when i went when i went bankrupt or the business went bankrupt like you know she, she didn't abandon me she's like oh we just gotta pivot and you know mm -hmm. now she's she's running her projects and running her businesses. And similarly, like when she has to pivot, I'm going to support her. And so we're just there to support each other, lift each other up, mm -hmm. call each other out on our mess. Oh, she's really, really good at that with me, right? I keep me it. Keep, 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 me, keep, a, keep her brother humble. Yeah, that makes <laughs> so, sense. Yeah. That makes, makes sense. She makes me eat humble pot all the time. Oh, Lord. And, I, and I, I'm, blessed, I'm blessed for it. That's good. That's good. And it sounds like overall being good partners to each other like you know when one person is going after this like when she wants to go to Botswana you know you hold down the fort when you want to go on your host conventions she holds down the fort you know like I feel like that's that's the give and take that's important but uh, mm -hmm. that's amazing and congratulations to both of you guys for like keeping it together and holding it together for that long because for That's sure. a rare thing nowadays. For sure. But um, okay, so I I guess let's talk a little bit more about your schooling and how you uh let's talk about some of the things that you're excited about that you're doing with your high schoolers and the things that you're teaching them about Black history, especially. I know something we talked about before was like 
you were doing something regarding Black Wall Street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, uh, awesome. And that's the cool thing about my teaching practice, right? Mm -hmm. My teaching practice delves into my, my life practice and lifting up and uplifting up the, the narrative of uh, Black excellence, right? Lifting mm -hmm. up the, the narrative that Black life isn't a life of deficit-oriented orient, thinking, but like Black capital had did amazing things and is still doing amazing things. So in that situation, in that time, in the time of history of the Black Wall Street, which was like almost a hidden history, like a lot of my students hadn't heard about it, it was important for them to realize that it was it was a history even prior to the Black Wall Street that allowed that to happen, where like Blacks migrated with Native Americans through the Trail of Tears to Tulsa, and they they were given they were given land that they thought was useless, but then. They, they, they made something out of it and they started building enterprises and they were like amazing entrepreneurs that, that like developed black capital. And in doing that, uh, there was a backlash because of, you know, racism and, and hate, right? Yeah. And so we, we studied uh, the Black Wall Street and then we looked at how uh, black Wall Street represented opportunities to like uplift the story of black healing, black resistance, black mm -hmm. liberation. And it, when we finished with their studies, they found uh, seminal like points in, in music and history to like represent the story of Black Wall Street in a contemporary way, right? And so they yeah. found song, they found songs, they found uh, art, they found um, quotes that they put together. Uh, to to display like the 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 story of black liberation, black resistance, and black healing, right? And and yeah. that that was that was a really really powerful work. I, I I wrote about it on my Medium blog, which I do a blog on Medium where basically I I get I explore the intersection of like my teaching, innovation, and hustle. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, so I I I got the feature. Uh, that that work um, that I did with my students and it was it was really powerful. That's really cool. That's really cool, and I love to hear that we're doing things like that, especially in um, predominantly black areas like Philadelphia. You know, I feel like it's important that we're sharing that knowledge and yeah, um, yeah. telling these stories that can be hidden um, when it oh, comes oh, to our yeah. history. The other thing I'll add about that unit, when we were doing the work, we reached out to uh, folks actually on the ground in, in, in Tulsa. Mm. And there was a, a, a sister who uh, has been doing a lot of organizing work. And so we shared our work that we were doing. And she was so impressed. She was like, the sad thing is that in Tulsa, they were like really, really trying to like not allow this uh, history to be in their curriculum. Wow. Because of, you know, all the nonsense mm -hmm. around not wanting to, like, acknowledge the history, right? Yeah. And so she, when she saw that we she, we were doing the work, she was, like, so impressed. And then we also reached out because HBO did um, a, a collaboration with The Atlantic Magazine. And uh, we, we gave some, some critical feedback on, on, the, on, the, on their publication of of the Watchmen series, the HBO Watchmen series, which is like mm -hmm. based off of incidents of Tulsa. Oh, and wow. we gave we gave some critical feedback and we shared that with uh, 
the Atlantic magazine, which produced this graphic, this graphic uh, magazine, graphic novel magazine, and they were like so impressed that uh, asked us to send uh, send the, our work that we were developing, and uh, we were in correspondence with them. So yeah, the the uh, when your really work, cool. yeah, when your work like goes beyond the classroom, it really resonates for students that like what they're doing is far beyond just a grade, right? Yeah. That's, we're not we're not doing this for a grade. Mm -hmm. We're doing this to 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 be empowered to develop skills that are going to like last last us for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And to educate, you know, because now that they know that, they can share that knowledge with their children, their family, you know, like cuz I feel like a, a number one thing about history is is if we don't know it, the truth about our history, we bound to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. For you sure, know? for sure. And that sure. goes along with like world history, that goes along with generational history. Like it, it just it's important that we continue to teach others because each one teach many, you know. So there you go. There you go. I got you. Okay, cool. Um, when it comes to we're we're gonna segue a little bit more into your business. Uh let's talk about how did you become an Airbnb super host and um what motivated you to do the whole advisory thing and you know what's what brought you on that path as far as like starting airbnb and hosting yeah yeah so so part part of part of the reason for doing airbnb was is this couple there are a couple of reasons I'll, I'll i'll do the auxiliary one first like uh our, you know we have a, a, a house we're empty nesters right and, mm -hmm. and our kids are grown and they're out of the house and we love them but we really don't want them coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so we said, oh, let's let's hack, let's hack the house. We got a third floor, um, self-contained uh bathroom, shower, all that space up there. And we don't want we don't want to under underutilize the space. And so uh we started hosting uh international students to stay at our place. Okay. But that was kind of like that was kind of like being parents again. We're like, well, we don't like we got rid of our kids. We don't want to be parents again. Yeah. So we saw, I, I saw Airbnb early, early in their early at, at a uh, early adopting stage. I read an article in New York Times. So I'm like, wow, this is a really cool business. And I actually set up my listing, but I left it dormant. Mm. Then I traveled. I had to travel to San Diego for a conference, and I couldn't find any uh, hotels. So like, bam, Airbnb was there as a, as a savior. Mm -hmm. I book an Airbnb and my host, Cora, an elderly lady, um, like the sweetest hospitality host in the world. She picks me up at the airport. She drops me at the conference center if it's in, if it's in you know, her schedule in the morning. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, you know what? When I go back to Philly, I'm going to become a host to pay forward the hospitality that, that Cora gave to me. Mm -hmm. So I, I come in, I tell my wife, like, yo, we have to do this Airbnb thing. I had the best hospitality in the world. I want to pay it forward. And she's like, okay, Sam, it's on you, but you taking the lead. I'll give you support, but it's, it's going to be on you. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, cool, cool, cool. So we, we, we start and it, it was going. And then, like you say, the pandemic happened. And then it was like dry. Yeah. But again, what Airbnb did was they're a design company, right? Mm -hmm. And design is like leading with empathy and finding out what the users on the ground need and letting them help you with the solutions. And so they leaned in with their hosts, started these host leaders, leader groups on Facebook. 
-hmm. And then uh, participating in the host leader groups, I got got invited to, like I say, a couple of uh, lead meetings with some Airbnb leaders. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, I'm invited on, on the host advisory board. And that was like a game changer because, I, again, getting privy to like advising Airbnb on its policies or their new product initiatives and giving them input from a host perspective was like, was, was, was really reaffirming. In addition to that, I had op- opportunity to get stock options. Like, okay. so it was like, it was, win- it was a great windfall. And Absolutely. so in, in, in building up that, the other thing that happened was that the Airbnb hustle helps me to accelerate my mortgage payment. And so I've recent, we recently paid off our mortgage like seven years, seven, seven years early. And then that frees you up. It gives you the, the flexibility to lean in more with your business endeavors, taking, taking on some more investments as well as taking on doing good, good work. Cause when, mm-hmm. when you do well, you can do good, right? When you yeah. do good, you can do well. And so through that process of been able to, uh, you know, like I say, have have more confidence that I can uh, be altruistic, not to a, a foolish point, but altruistic to a, a point that's less, that's sustainable. Yeah, that's so important. That's literally something I talk to uh, my partner about all the time. Is just like I feel like it's important to be able to follow your passions, you know, like, but it's also important to keep a roof over your head and have security and safety and you know, health standards and stuff like that. I feel like that's the goal for me is I feel like it's not just about having a whole bunch of money, but being flexible with your life and how you want to live it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. if sometimes say, say down the line a little bit, you're just like, I don't want to teach this way anymore. I want to go pursue something completely different. You know, you might have a little bit more flexibility when it comes to that. And that's so important because life is too short to not follow after the things that you envision in your mind so for sure for sure I agree okay cool um as far as keeping a balance for your businesses and work how do you deal with obstacles when they come up with your business like how do you approach obstacles well first first thing I think is you kind of plan for obstacles because it's like it's life and stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And so because you're kind of planning for it, you have like a built-in margin of safety, right? So if, for example, um, I'm applying for a grant for a project that I'm really, really want to pursue to support uh, the development of like young entrepreneurs in, in, in my area. Mm-hmm. And I don't get the grant. I plan that maybe I'm not going to get the grant. So what I do is, I apply for multiple grants and I have something always in the hopper. And so when that one falls, when that one fails, well, I got something else in the hopper and eventually you keep putting it out there. Something's going to come through. So case in point, uh, o- over the last year, uh, you know, I applied for several uh, business accelerator grants and opportunities. Mm-hmm. And again, I was, I was getting some L's, but here again, I would take the L and wear it with a, where it was like, yeah, okay, that one, I got an L for that. I would share it with my students, even like acknowledge you. Hey, I applied for this grant. I didn't get it. But you know what? I got the next one in the hopper. Yeah. And then eventually uh, I got uh, the city of Philadelphia uh, gave me uh, 
the creative enterprise uh, grant. Wow. Right? They call it illuminate the arts for creative for small creative enterprises. And mm -hmm. I, I got I got a grant uh, from the city to again further support uh, and endorse not endorse but support my work. Amen. And so part of part is part of my my plan is like I expect that I'm going to have some setbacks. I expect that there are going to be some failures. I expect that um, I'm not going to I'm not going to win all the time. Mm-hmm. But I am going to win eventually, right? Absolutely, persistence, persistence. There you go, and that, that makes and those, those, sense. And those are the skills that I'm I'm teaching young folks as well. Like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have some some failures, and you know what? I celebrate your failure because I know you're gonna get back up. And you're going you're gonna do it again, and you're gonna win. Mm-hmm. And um, just so everybody knows that, you know, this is my business coach right here. So. Have at it. You know, if you if you feel like you are trying to start a business or you've been trying to start a business or you have a business and you don't know where, what, when, anything, you know, I feel like this is a great resource for you guys. Like one thing I appreciated about your coaching style was that you were flexible with me. You know, you met me where I was at, not where you want, where you expect me to be. You know what I mean? So can, can I, can I say a little bit about the coach, about the coaching style? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, so I developed, uh, to like enhance my ability to support folks. I participated in this, or, this organ, financial coaching program sponsored by Women's Way. It's an organization that empowers, uh, women financially, socially, morally, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw that they were hosting this financial uh, financial coaching workshop, and I'm like, wow, this. First of all, I like there was something that really clicked in me when I was developing my business, and like pivoted my business. I came up with my customer profile, right? Mm -hmm. But in my original customer profile, my my profile of my customer was a dude, was a mm. guy, right? But as I was doing business. And providing more services to and supporting folks, coaching folks, most of my clients were women. Mm. And I'm like, no, I need to do this training, this financial coaching training that's being offered by Women's Way, because it's going to help me further support and lift up the women that are coming through uh, for coaching. Partly because mm -hmm. I think women are like more open to like just receiving like the coaching method that, yeah. that, I, that, I, that, I'm, that I'm doing. And so anyway. Fast forward, I go, I do this uh, amazing coaching program, which is like, they call it coactive coaching, coaching where you do more listening and you, you, you don't see, cause the, the consulting part of me was like, oh, let me give you the solution. Let me tell you what to do. Let me, right. Which might be useful, but the coaching approach empowers you because at the end of the day, um, it's it's your mission it's your vision it's your business it's your life like i can just help you to get where you're trying to go instead of telling you where you have to go because as as you know if you just if i just tell you mm -hmm. then you're not really learning and yeah. so so that 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 proactive coaching model that i learned through uh the women's wave a financial coaching program really uh enabled me to be the, the effective coach that i was with you so absolutely that, that color that absolutely concept. and I appreciate you providing that because I know that you know one thing I do appreciate about you is that you're not you're willing to invest time and energy into perfecting your crafts 
you're not just going to go out there and do something. You're going to make sure that you're prepared and that you're providing them the best quality service that they can get. Because I know for me, I only had like five sessions with you, but in those five sessions, I transformed. Like, I feel like I felt very much more like aligned to the direction that I needed to go. And I knew action steps on how to get there. You provided me with different resources, different like a different perspective sometimes is really all you need. Like mm-hmm. I feel like when we look at the same problems over and over again, we're only looking at it from our perspective and our knowledge and getting that mentorship can help you expedite the process or at least clarify the direction that you need to go, you know? And, so. Yep. And the other cool thing with the women's way <laughs> coaching program is that after we finished the, the cohort, mm-hmm. they provided us with uh, coaches. <clears throat> okay. So, so I was getting coached on how to be a coach. And then I also participated in one other, I'm going to give a shout out to two other important organizations that were like instrumental in, 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 in this recent development. Mm-hmm. And one is the, uh, and I can share the links with you if you want to share with your, with your, with your, with your, with your uh, listeners, is there's organization called Empify or the Wealth Builders, right? Oh. And it's a, it's a, a financial ed tech startup founded by two Howard um, University graduates, uh, amazing um, community where again, <clears throat> with my with my side hustle income and opportunities, I'm able to have that margin of safety, start investing more and then through the investing, uh, being able to take advantage of opportunities that come along the way. So the Wealth Builders, I wanna give them a shout out. And the other organization that on, on like, that helped me with uh, business financial coaching is uh, it's called Silver Lining Action Playbook. Okay. And w- what what they what the Silver Lining Action Playbook does, they work with entrepreneurs all around the world and provide you with a coach that I, they call it a, a slap expert because they call themselves the slap community, mm-hmm. Silver Lining Action Playbook, and they, they give you a slap a slap expert who like yourself. Well, like myself, that's an expert in business. And again, I'm getting that perspective and they've been able to help me uh, like really focus because what, what I've done and what the thing I was really trying to push you a, a little bit in, in, in your business, like sometimes it's better to go focused than going big, right? And so mm-hmm. like through the focus, I'm able to do uh, way, have way, way, way more impact. And so um, I just wanted to uh, give uh, your listeners and I can share uh, those those resources uh, after the show, if you like, if you like them. Absolutely, absolutely. I can provide those links in the description as well. Um, I don't want to keep too much more of your time. I know we've been talking for a minute now, but um, before we end out, I do want to go over a couple of things. One thing is, um, do you have any books or books that you recommend that people read or listen to to help them? One, as an entrepreneur. And two, maybe with their spiritual journey, because I like to call myself a spiritual entrepreneur. Yeah, and, no, and that's and, the emphasis. But as you, as you can see right here is my my bookshelf. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up I'm gonna pull out. Uh, so this one, set for life, is mm-hmm. like a go to source if you're trying to learn how to like, uh, plan and hack. Your 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 income, your hustle, and move from like zero to a hundred thousand in net worth, and then from a hundred thousand beyond. Mm-hmm. 
kind of gives you it kind of gives you a playbook. It's is by uh, Scott Trench, and I, I can send I can send um I can send the the link uh, for for folks that might be interested. But th this 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 was a go a go to book. The other simple thing was just like learning how to um uh like declutter and organize yourself. And so like uh I'm I'm just I'm just showing you showing you the books. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you might be familiar with uh, Ms. Kendo. She's like a guru on like organizing space and uh, decluttering. Okay. What's that yeah. called? Life Changing the Magic of Tidying Up the Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing by Marie Kondi. Um, okay. She's a, yeah, she's, she's a guru around like decluttering, right? And so, those those are those are some like right off the top and again they're right they're like so accessible they stay they stay right at the top of my shelf um okay, cool. again i i encourage folks to to read uh, read like constantly and the last thing this isn't a book but this is my go-to guide that keeps me organized it's it's, it's a um the full focus planner mm. and all of my all of my strategies and planning is done in this in this little pocketbook is so powerful like when i started using this right mm -hmm. i set a goal to generate for income i set a goal to generate 1.5 times my my salary in mm -hmm. side hustle income okay and through through they do this thing called setting like your three big goals and you do quarterly planning and then you do on a weekly basis you set three main goals and so every week i sit down I, I set three three big goals, and those goals they tie into my quarterly goals, and they tie into my annual goals. And like I say, this past summer, like I I, I was knocking my goals out the park. Okay. Right? I was literally two two times the salary, two times my salary was generated through through my through my side hustle income. And again, that's by not going big, but by going focused. That's a blessing. Yeah, but it's a blessing. I'm I'm glad that that helped you. And I feel like planning and organizing your thoughts is like number one with business. Like if you don't have organization, you don't have anything for real. Like you just you're all over the place. So yeah. I I appreciate that. Um, how do people get in contact with you? Is it just going to be through the the link that you're going to provide with me, or yeah, yeah, they could sign up uh, to get on my mailing list. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to send you the link with a QR code. Uh, okay. Folks, folks can uh, cover it, but or you could all just you just look me up, Reed, aka Samuel Reed the Third. I have a Medium blog as well, like that I talked about that talks about my work, my practice. That's uh, really public facing to to see the the cool stuff that I'm trying to do uh, with with young folks, but as also the innovation that I'm doing in business in the business space uh, as well as the side hustle space. So um, yeah, folks folks can reach me out and you'll 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 share with them uh, the link in the QR code. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Thank you so much, Reed, for coming on. Um, what's oh, your thank last... you for having me. No problem. No problem. What's your last piece of advice for anybody listening? I'm just going to repeat the thing that I said before. Don't go big, go focus. Okay. Don't go big, go focus. Be specific. Okay. There you go. All right, cool. Thank you so much, Reed. It was great having you on. I appreciate you. And um, we will be in touch. I will let you know once I have everything finalized.
All cool right, beans. Cool. You have All a right. great rest of your rest of your weekend, okay? All right, cool. No, I'm, 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 I gotta come down off this high now because you got me all hyped up. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna <laughs> settle, I'm gonna settle down. But no, this was, this was fun. It was, in, it was, uh, enlightening for, for me to like process and think about some of the things and share. So yeah, looking forward to see how they, how they, how, how it turns out when you, when you chop it up. Okay, cool. All right, thank you so all much, right. Reed. Talk okay, soon. Peace. Okay, peace. All right, Bye. cheers.